Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 243, Human Growth and Development with Professor Mark Hunter. I hope you listen and enjoy. Welcome to Unit 4 in Psychology 243, Human Growth and Development. In this unit, we're going to look at the physical and cognitive development in adolescence, as well as the social and emotional development as well. Chapter 8 in your textbook, we look at rites of passage, the physical and cognitive development in adolescence. Puberty is really the physical onset of adolescence, and then uh, a child, male or female, changes in height and weight and also sexual maturation. Girls tend to achieve puberty uh, earlier than boys, sometime by up to two years. And... Um, they, um, so it's common to see girls grow um, and be at the same grade level in middle school, but be taller than boys. The, um, during this time, they, uh, we're getting more muscle growth or, um, you know, we're getting a greater lung and uh, heart capacity. And then during this time, we're getting um, uh, become sexually mature as far as uh, what are the hormones and things that are necessary for that. And uh, this occurs with uh, changes that take place in the pituitary glands and the adrenal glands, the ovaries and the testes, which secrete different hormones to initiate the physical changes. Um, Again, this is also influenced by puberty, excuse me, by the health and nutrition of the child. In fact, it's been shown that um, about every 10 years, puberty, uh, the onset of puberty has been pushed back or forward about um, six months, meaning children now are about achieving puberty about six months earlier than children about 10 years ago. And um, so this can... Um, be an exciting time, but it also can be a time of stress, especially for girls, if they get um, a lot of unwanted attention during this time. Um, they, uh, you know, girls become very, and boys become very focused on their appearance. Um, they, uh, they start to try to understand what's going on uh, with monarchy and spamarchy and the idea that um, that due to these hormonal changes, adolescents are usually moodier uh, than they were as younger children. Um, the um, you know the kids' brothers and sisters will notice that um, a grade school child will notice that their teenage brother and sister no longer wants to play with them or be friends with them like they did just a few years ago. Um, and so there can, it can really be uh, a time of, of a lot of emotional upheaval, but it's uh, also a time where a lot of changes are occurring. Really, more changes um, <clears throat> occur during adolescence physically and emotionally than they did in, in um, elementary school. So for proper growth, um, children need, and adolescents need um, the calories, of course. They need uh, calcium and iron. 
Um, but unfortunately, a lot of children, teenagers, are not getting this in proper ways because of the uh, availability of fast foods, junk food, and things. They're getting empty calories where they're getting their calorie intake, but they're not getting some of the nutrition they need. One of the um, fortunate side effects of this emphasis on appearance and interaction with nutrition is anorexia or bulimia. And these are adolescent uh, eating disorders, usually with girls. They can occur with boys, but much more common in girls. And it really has to do with this irrational fear of being overweight, where uh, a teenage girl can look at her body and feel like she's overweight, but everyone else sees someone who is skinny and, and unhealthy. Um, when, when they're overly concerned about what others think about their appearance, if they're looking to social media or, or mass media to get the idea of what a, a girl is supposed to look like, that can have a big influence. Um, there's fortunately some treatment, and but it does take some uh, lots of involvement, and it's it it does take some time for someone to. Uh, break through and get out of the, uh, the trap of anorexia or bulimia. There's, a, um, there's value in uh, physical education, their physical activity. And so individuals, teenagers who work at least three times a week, usually have improved physical and mental health. Um, but a lot of times in high schools, there's um, there's only maybe one semester that they may have a physical uh, education class. Um, sports are usually confined or you know just to those who are the best at it. So there's not a lot of activities that teenagers can get involved with that uh, that involve physical activity unless they kind of take that on themselves. Um, a lot of teenagers get involved in sports, and the participation in sports does have value about improving physical fitness, enhancing your self-esteem, and understanding about teamwork. Um, so there are values to it, but there are some, some risks, um, such as injury and also the abuse of trying to, of taking performance-enhancing drugs. Accidents involving automobiles or firearms is the most common cause of death in American teenagers. And um, so accidents, car accidents are the, really the number one way that most teenagers die. And it's usually because of going too fast, if they're without, not wearing their seat belts. But also during this time, adolescents have this feeling of uh, mortality or immortality that you know it's not going to happen to them I'll be all right and so it's um, it's hard to convince them that uh, taking the safer route as parents is the best route because they may be influenced in fact most accidents that occur with teenagers are when there's about three or more uh, teenagers in the car Memory increases in its capacity during adolescence as well. 
and processing speed becomes faster. And really, adolescents, uh, they're able to achieve really adult-like uh, capacities with uh, working memory and processing speed. Um, and so also during this time, adolescents may find a real emphasis in becoming experts in something, uh, something that's valuable to them and learning how to use metacognitive skills, both in education, but whatever um, interest or hobby they may have. During this time, adolescents prefer to use logic, but they're also um, able to find the holes in the logic of everyone else. They become more skilled debaters. They become more skilled at understanding what people are doing to, um, to have you know, some incorrect arguments. Um, but oftentimes they'll use simpler heuristics, kind of rules of thumb about things, shortcuts that may save time, but aren't correct. And a lot of times we see this in politics and different uh, um, activities where people are trying to influence others and uh, using slogans and things like that rather than looking at the, the uh, problem in a more rational, more uh, logical manner. During adolescence, teenagers are also looking at moral problems. They're starting to become more aware of what's right and wrong. And um, there's different stages of moral development and pre-conventional, conventional, and post-conventional. And really this is based off the rewards or punishment that you get in these different times. Um, and according to Kohlberg, you progress sequentially through these stages. You go first through pre-conventional, where you start to see, can you get away with it? You know, or what will people think of me? And more conventional, where what is the laws of the of the land say? What is what is what do my leaders say? Versus post-conventional, which what are universal ethical principles? What does God's word say about something? And so it's a, um, uh, most teenagers are in the pre-conventional and uh, uh, conventional area. Uh, one of the things that people tend to get confused on is that, that everyone achieves post-conventional reasoning. And most people don't. Uh, most people stay in the conventional uh, as for the highest they go. And so it's a, uh, so the teenager can get through post-conventional, but don't think of it as necessarily um, correlated strictly to age. The, uh, how do we grow in our moral reasoning? We observe others and look at their reasoning and discuss what's going on. We discuss moral issues, you know, what is right, what is wrong with our teachers, our church, youth group, you know, different organizations, our parents, uh, being involved in a religious community that connects adolescents with, um, with others that are doing positive activities. Now in chapter nine, we're looking into um, social, emotional development uh, in adolescence. This time is probably known best by the role of identity formation. And this has to do with uh, 
Erickson's stages like of social emotional identity. It's a um, think of this way. Remember, I used the example of the high school lunchroom, and you see these different tables, and people are trying to pick what you know they are. They're looking for who they are. That's the big question in adolescence. Um, they are trying to understand what they are, what they're good at, what they're going to be. They, where they also become more egocentric. They tend to think that everyone is looking at them as they go into their school. If something has a stain on their blouse or shirt or something is off, most teenagers will go into school thinking that everybody's looking at them. But the thing is, all the other teenagers are thinking the same thing. And so they're not really paying attention to one another. They're kind of thinking more of themselves. Um, one way to help with this as parents is to allow them to try new things, to, uh, to give them a little bit more autonomy, uh, allow to ease back on the rules, give them a little bit more freedom, uh, set, still have rules, but um, allow them to try new things out to find out who they are. Um, Children are always going to compare themselves to one another, and adolescence is really a time that occurs a lot. Um, Self-esteem is sort of this overall feeling that you have um, about your abilities and, and who you are as a person. Um, you know, it can be dependent on your um, setting that you're in. You know, a child may feel that they have a high self-esteem when they're in a classroom. But you take them to the gym or the, or the field or something for a sport, uh, athletic activity, and then their self-esteem may go down. So a lot of it's, it's environmentally dependent. Um, and we tend to be attracted as teenagers to those environments that increase our self-esteem, that, you know, that we feel good about ourselves when we go and do that type of activity. You know, a lot of times... In movies and television shows, it's real common to have this snarky, moody teenager argue with their uh, parents. And while that does occur, most teenagers love their parents. They feel loved by them and rely on them for advice. That they may talk to their friends or peers about some things, but they often go to their parents for really big decisions and really when they're having struggles. So it's better than what the media really tends to say it is. During adolescence, a lot of romantic relationships and sexuality is explored. And um, part of this is for um, becoming more self-confident by feeling that someone finds you attractive. And uh, so it's a time for companionship, uh, Teenagers use it for sexual exploration, um, but uh, it can also be a source of upheaval uh, emotionally for because a lot of the, the, I guess the relationships tend to be more short term and can be uh, have more ups and downs. And you have two moody teenagers trying to get together. There's uh, opportunities for conflict. Um, by the end of adolescence, most American boys and girls have had some sexual intercourse. Um, boys tend to use this as more recreational 
girls tend to use is more view it as more romantic. Um, they teenagers are more likely to engage in sexual activity if they believe that their parents support that or approve of that. Um, the um, most teenagers don't use contraception of any type because, again, feeling that feeling of immortality that it's not going to happen to them, uh, or they don't know where to obtain it. Um, there, um, but also this is a time where uh, in teenage pregnancy the sexually transmitted disease can occur. Unfortunately. Uh, a lot of t uh, teens experience dating violence, and um, if they've experienced harsh parenting as well, uh, or their friends that they hang out with engage in that activity, or if they're aggressive or antisocial. And so uh, there's different programs involved now to try to raise awareness of this and uh, provide understanding and training for teenagers not to become involved in this. It's very common during this time for teenagers to take on a job. And um, the, uh, so they're starting to explore about what they're good at, maybe thinking about what they want to major in in college, what they want to do as an adult. And so uh, one of the theorists, uh, his name is Super, uh, it's not an adjective, it's just his name. Um, he talks about three different ways that adolescents tend to go through that. Um, crystallization in which basic interests are identified. This is the sort of stuff I'm interested in. Uh, specification, where you figure out what kind of jobs you can do with that uh, skill. And implementation, moving into the workforce. Now this occurs um, a lot of times in college and career centers there, but it can also occur in high school. Um, another theorist, Holland, uh, proposed six different work-related personalities, realistic, investigative, social, dimensional, enterprising, and artistic. Basically, finding a job, a career that matches your personality. And um, his research shows that people are more productive and, and feel happier if they're in a job that, is, um, that fits their personality. A lot of teenagers have part-time jobs during this time, and uh, but it's very important as parents to limit the amount of hours. Uh, anytime that more than 15 to 20 hours a week typically has a negative impact on academic performance. Um, they have more anxiety. They try to balance school and work, and uh, so. They, they tend not to save their money, they tend to spend it on clothing, food, and things like that, entertainment. So um, having a job uh, can teach lots of valuable skills, but uh, also teach them what to do with that money and, and setting a limitation on how much the teenager can reasonably uh, handle. Um, it can be important and give value uh, few hours, maybe 10 hours a week or so, can give the child a sense of responsibility, some, some income, and um, uh, summer jobs are, of course, uh, a long tradition where you're able to work longer hours, make more money, and engage in, in activities, get out of the house.
But adolescence, like our, every stage, has a dark side. And a lot of times in adolescence, teenagers are starting to use alcohol regularly. And um, this depends on if the group that they hang around with are drinking. Um, and do their parents drink? And what are the attitudes about that? So the environment that the child is in really has a big impact whether a teenager will uh, drink alcohol or not. Depression um, does occur during adolescence as well. And uh, if, especially if they believe that others are unfriendly or if they um, are you know, not accepted by others, um, it could be by a negative event. You know, lack of perspective will sometimes lead to depression where once they've had a romantic relationship, if it breaks up, they may feel like they're unwanted by anyone and they're not able to understand that that's just one in a series of relationships you'll probably go through. Um, there's, of course, treatment through medication, uh, talk therapy but also just parental support, being a part of a group that loves you and cares about you. Um, unfortunately, some engage in antisocial behavior and um, this, you know, breaking the law of some sort. And, and a lot of, again, it, this has a lot to do with what type of environment or peers that you have um, that, you know, that, one time where you, you did something and uh, you got caught or embarrassed and things, that's, um, that happens a lot of times in adolescence. But if it becomes a series where it becomes persistent behavior, this can, um, they've, they've done research to find that this often can be linked to genetics, um, can be the cognitive processes, the family that they've been, been involved in. So trying to recognize this antisocial behavior early on and trying to provide treatment and guidance for these teenagers um, before they become teenagers, when they're, when they're children, is important. But this ends this lesson, and uh, I'll see you in the next unit.